Today on the newscast, breaking news, Iran and Saudi Arabia restore ties. What does that mean for Israel and the United States? Plus, is Israel set to become a major natural gas exporter to Europe? Get all the breaking details next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast and welcome to New York City. I'm at TBN's NYC studio today filming an upcoming special called What is the Great Reset? It will air on TBN in April as soon as we have a firm air date. I will share it with you here on the newscast. Needless to say, the Great Reset is a sinister agenda. You won't want to miss it as we dig deep into that. In the meantime, breaking news. Iran and Saudi Arabia announced today that they are normalizing relations. Now, these talks between Saudi Arabia and Iran have been taking place in Beijing, and China's communist regime brokered the talks and now helped to solidify, once again, relations between these two rivals. There have been no diplomatic relations between Iran and Saudi Arabia since 2016, of course, in 2019, as we've mentioned many times here in the newscast, Iran carried out a hybrid drone and missile attack against Saudi oil fields. That was a major, major incident, folks. And we have Iran also backing those Houthi rebels in Yemen, which have been waging war with a Saudi-led Arab coalition over the past several years. So needless to say, Iran and Saudi Arabia, in most cases, have been at loggerheads. And what we've seen shaping up in the region is, on one side, uh, the Iran axis, including the Iranian regime, Hezbollah, Hamas, the Houthis, the Assad regime in Syria. And on the other side, Saudi Arabia and the Sunni Arab nations, like the Abraham Accords nations, the UAE, Bahrain, and then Jordan, Egypt, and Israel, they've been on the other side of that divide, and we've had talk in recent days, recent months, but especially in recent days, by none other than Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, about Saudi Arabia joining the Abraham Accords. And then we have this curveball today, with the Saudis announcing normalized relations with the Iranian regime. Folks, these were, in many cases, sworn enemies. Saudi Arabia considers itself the standard bearer for the Sunni Muslim world. And Iran, of course, considers itself a Shia superpower. Now what happens? That's the big question, right, as this story develops. And we'll dig into this more next week. Number one, what happens to the Abraham Accords? Does Saudi Arabia still join with Israel and normalize relations with Israel? Is Israel surprised about this announcement today between Iran and Saudi Arabia? That's number one. Number two, not a question, but a statement of fact here, folks. China considers itself a big winner in this situation, or the big winner. They just brokered the normalization of relations between two rivals. Again, they hosted these talks in Beijing, and you see an end around, around the United States. In the past, when there were peace talks, the U.S. was usually the broker. What this shows you on the part of Saudi Arabia is they just don't trust. Saudi's leaders just don't trust the Biden administration. And that's why they're getting closer 
to the regime in Beijing, to the regime of Vladimir Putin as well. And that's why they're saying, you know, perhaps this is a good time to make peace with the Iranian regime. America is weakened under its current leadership. There's a vacuum in the Middle East, and we're kind of out on an island here. We're threatened by this Iranian axis. Perhaps we should try to patch things up with the Iranian regime. So I think an overriding theme here, folks, is it shows the weakness in Washington, D.C. right now and how the Biden administration just is not a trusted broker in the region, in the Middle East. So a lot developing here that we will keep an eye on. I will eagerly look forward to Israel's response to this development because, again, not only in recent weeks and months, but just in recent days, Benjamin Netanyahu has talked very openly and excitedly about normalizing relations with Saudi Arabia, about the Saudis joining the Abraham Accords, and now we have the Saudis normalizing relations instead with Israel's greatest enemy, the Iranian regime. So folks, a lot to unpack there. Uh, early next week, when we come back to you, we will dig into that more. But today we want to also dig into some more breaking news, not exactly breaking, breaking statements from Benjamin Netanyahu, but a theme that we've covered a bunch here in the newscast in recent months, Israel seeking to become a major natural gas exporter to Europe. Now, over the past two days, Benjamin Netanyahu has been visiting Italy, meeting with Giorgia Maloney, the new Italian prime minister. She just took office back in October. She is a conservative Italian leader. And while he was in Italy, Netanyahu talked, number one, about Italy moving its embassy to Jerusalem, which we would love to see. But number two, he spoke about Israel stepping up and becoming even more of a natural gas exporter to Italy and to Europe as a whole. He even talked about perhaps having a liquefied natural gas facility in Cyprus, which could facilitate the flow of Israeli natural gas into Europe. Remember, Europe badly needs new energy options in the wake of its complete falling out with Vladimir Putin's regime in Russia, which supplied a great deal of that European energy, Israel is looking to step into that void and fill that void in many cases. There's even been talk about a possible underwater pipeline uh, to Europe, so a lot going on there. And we had a chance to talk about this incredible natural gas issue, incredible in that tiny Israel, the size of the state of New Jersey, is becoming a natural gas superpower. We unpacked it with Dr. Emmanuel Navone of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security recently in Jerusalem. Take a look at our interview. Tell us more, we talked about the Lebanon deal. Tell us more about Israel's deal with Europe to supply natural gas to Europe and why that's even more necessary now with, as you mentioned, Russia and Europe basically on the outs so to speak. Yeah, so I think the, the fact that Israel has, the fact that Israel became a natural gas actor and exporter uh, has completely changed Israel's status regionally and internationally. Uh, historically, it used to be that energy uh, was, uh, uh, was the weak point of Israel's foreign policy uh, because of oil, because of the Arab uh, monopoly of, on oil and uh, how the Arab states used oil to blackmail Western countries, the ultimate example, of course, being uh, after the uh, Yom Kippur War in 1973, when the Arab League used its uh, oil weapon uh, to try and impose an embargo on Israel. Uh, today, this situation has been switched around completely. I mean, today, 
the, the oil weapon is dead, basically, uh, because oil no longer has this central status in uh, world consumption. Uh, oil prices have declined. Uh, the U.S. in recent years has become the world's biggest producer of oil thanks to the uh, Shell uh, uh, technological revolution. Yeah. On the other hand, natural gas today is a central uh, energy source of energy. And as Israel became a major producer of natural gas, uh, in, in Israel's foreign policy, if energy uh, used to be a liability, it has now become an asset. Yeah. And you see it in our relation with Europe, when in the 70s and the 80s, the Europeans would basically uh, give in to all the demands of the Arab states because of oil. Today, they come to Israel to get natural gas. A few months ago, the president of the uh, European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, came to Israel and sign an agreement with Israel in the name of the European Union to import natural gas from Israel. Now, we have to understand also that it's Israel, but it's not only Israel. Israel and, and some of its partners in the region have turned to a hub of natural gas together with Cyprus, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2019, a natural gas forum was established between Israel, Egypt, Cyprus, Greece, but also Jordan, Italy, France, now the UAE and the Palestinian Authority, there's a huge natural gas hub here led by Israel together with Egypt. And the Europeans need it because, of course, they can no longer rely on the uh, natural gas from Russia because of the war in Ukraine yeah. and the geopolitical clash between Europe and, and Russia. So this has turned Israel into a major actor and partner vis-a-vis uh, -vis the European Union and it has changed completely the dynamic and the relations between Europe and Israel. Well, as you said, Israel becoming a natural gas powerhouse here in the region, a region amazing. Talk about that European-Russia relationship clearly unraveling there and why that's at a very dangerous point. Secondly, as Israel kind of steps into the void and starts making up at least some of that Russian natural gas for Europe, could that cause tension between Russia and Israel since Russia had such a natural gas and energy monopoly? Right. So first of all, the importance of Israel when it comes to the energy market is not only due to the natural gas, which uh, we just discussed, but also to the fact that Israel is a technology powerhouse. And technology today is critical to uh, improve the reliability and reduce the cost of uh, renewable energies. So the fact that Israel uh, has such uh, technology is something which is also very sought after by the Europeans because, as I said, in order to reduce the cost and improve the reliability of, of uh, renewable energies, you need technology, you need research and development, and this is why Israel is part of the research and development pro programs of the European uh, Union. When it comes to Russia, look, historically, uh, Russia and Israel were never allies and never friends. On the contrary, uh, even though for, uh, for reasons that we don't have time to explain now, Russia originally you know, recognized Israel in 1948, but very quickly Russia became uh, the Soviet Union at the time, the main backer of the Arab states that were at war against Israel, uh, especially in the wars of 1967-1973. Uh, during the Cold War, Israel and Russia basically were enemies. It's only with the end of the Cold War and the renewal of relations in 1991 that kind of normal relations were established between Russia uh, and, and Israel. And it's true also that Vladimir Putin, unlike uh, many Russian leaders before him, does have a, a, a good relation with the Jews and with Israel. But at the end of the day, besides you know, personal relations, you have politics and geopolitics. And it is clear that the moment Putin decided to try and rebuild Russian imperialism, 
it had eventually to clash with Israel because he had to rebuild Russia's old alliances in the Middle East. And that's Iran. That's uh, the Assad regime in, in Syria. These are all the forces that were allies of Russia during the Cold War and that, any, that are the enemies of Israel. And so the clash, in a way, was inevitable. So indeed, Israel tried to remain, uh, to have a low profile in the early days of the war uh, of Russia against the Ukraine, because at the end of the day, we, Israel has a de facto common border with Russia, because Russia controls the airspace of, of Syria, and Israel cannot act against Iranian targets in Syria without the tacit approval of Russia. But on the, end of the, but, but on the other hand, as Putin becomes more and more aggressive, as his war, his gamble in Ukraine is turning into a disaster for Russia, as he's upgrading his relation with the Iranians, he's even purchased uh, drones from the Iranians to use in Ukraine. So, so this clash between Israel and Russia is becoming inevitable, especially since uh, the United States today uh, expects its allies uh, to stand together against Russia. And Israel, at the end of the day, is the closest ally of the United States in the region. So in the choice between the US and Russia, obviously Israel's choice is the United States. And that also brings us closer to the Europeans, because as well we said before, Israel being, being a major actor in the market of uh, energy and natural gas. Folks, if you like that interview and you want to see more like it, be sure to tune in to The Watchman Show on TBN every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and Fridays today at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. If you love the newscast, you'll love our on-the-ground perspective on our weekly TV show on TBN, coming to you from Israel and points beyond throughout the world for such a time as this. Again, we're going to unpack that Israel, or the Iran-Saudi development, which includes Israel, of course. We'll unpack that more early next week when we come back to you. More fallout to come from that announcement today, I think. Until next time, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. God bless you, and remember, never. Hold your peace.